This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. Tonight, I want to share with you or rather take from where or, you know, continue from where Casey stopped talking about the currency of heaven. And I'm sharing with you what I've titled air scientist. You know, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, isn't it? Talked about the air scientist. You know, God's word requires something from us when we do respond. And that's what Casey called the currency of heaven, isn't it? And that's faith. It requires it. Because Hebrews tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So for you to be able to work in the will and way of God, and also be able to receive everything that he has promised, or rather walk in his promises, we've got to respond by faith. Amen? Amen. Oh, God. Amen. Yes. Just a bit. Lord, I thank you tonight. I thank you for your presence right here. I thank you for your Holy Spirit who helps us to worship. I thank you for how much you love us and how much You intend to reveal that love to us. And even tonight, let us see you the way you want to be seen. Let us perceive you the way you want us to know you. And Father, because you are our Father, you want us to know you much more than the world knows you. So here we are listening to your voice, listening for your voice listening for every word that you say. So, Lord, you will use me tonight to speak your word so that we can be blessed by those things that you will share with us tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 4. Verse number one, it says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Say, so let us be careful. Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. In other words, let us be careful so that none of you misses out on it. You could miss out on the promise. 
You could miss out on the promise. You could miss out on all the goodies in the land. You could. Think about Jacob, who woke up all of a sudden and realized that, oh, God was here and I didn't know it. So God was here. Do you know why? Because the way we perceive God to be in a place is not the way he is. So God was here, I didn't know it. And at times, we expect God to show up in such a way that amazes us or, or, or blows our mind. But he doesn't. He doesn't. So his children, he does not make a grand entrance. Are you still here? He doesn't make a grand entrance to his children. When I'm coming home, I don't have to, you know, push and, you know, push my, my car horn or whatever to ensure that people know I'm coming. No, I just arrive home. I, I actually sneak in. And then my kids go, oh, daddy's here. And of course, some of us may have been traumatized, you know, from our own parents or our own up upbringing where, you know, our parents are coming home and everyone is hiding. Daddy's coming. Or mom is coming. You hear the car three, three streets away and you're quickly setting up, oh God, I've got to fix things. But we are not like that regarding our, our father in heaven. Do you know why? He loves us. So to us, it does not make a grand entrance. He only makes a grand entrance in the place where he's unknown. And that was why you remember him. Uh, what's his name? Elijah. Elijah, God sent him. He said, go wait for me. I'm coming to you. And Elijah went to wait for God while he was there. The Bible tells us there was, you know, strong wind. Um, there was, you know, thunder clapping. You know, there was fire. But it, the Bible says, but God was not in it. God was not in it. And why did he make note of fire and the wind and the storm and all of that? Because that was what Elijah had expected. But God was not in it. And some of us wants to hear God speak like this. Hello, my son. He doesn't speak that way. We make that up in our heads. That God speaks in a deep voice to get your attention. <laughs> he doesn't. And God does not speak in still small voice either. But to break down your own religion, he surprises you. I was still here. So he wouldn't make grand entrance. He just wants you to be with him and feel at home with him. He wants you to observe him as the good, good father. Is who he is. Is who he is. Is who he is. And I'm loved by him. Is who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Praise God. 
You see, when you just know that you're loved by God, you don't try too hard. You just relax. Kids don't come home and wonder if you're going to open the front door for them to come in. Are you still here? They don't come back from school and wonder, uh, are they going to open for me today? So let's, let's knock. They just come in. And guess what? They come in just as they are. You pick up the kids from school, you know, there was once I picked up my kids from school and one of them had accidentally fell in the mud. Oh God, someone is laughing. As though you had not. Okay. But he accidentally fell in the mud. He was, you know, his shoes were covered with mud and everything that we had to take off some of the clothing just for him to be able to get in the car. But I didn't go, oh, you're so dirty, you're so muddy, I'm going to leave you at school. But you see, some of us think that's how God responds to us. That we are not clean enough, he doesn't, doesn't accept us. But do you realize that while you were just sinner, Christ died for you? Why you didn't even have a clue about him, he died for you. He gave himself for you. And he's the kind of God, when he makes promises, he's not thinking, well, if you are nice, I'll give it to you. If you are not nice, I won't give it to you. He's not Santa Claus. Who is watching out naughty or nice? Actually, do you, oh, no, oh, can I zip my mouth for a moment? Because Santa Claus sounds like a pedophile. He's watching the kids while they are sleeping. Who does that? Not even his kids. Okay, that's why I said I was to zip my mouth. That was, and that was a joke, right? So that I don't ruin Santa, Santa Claus for so many. And, and you know, Santa is not real, right? Okay. Oh, sorry. Did I just ruin it again? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Parents, you have to go and deal with that. Okay. But, he's, you know, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Really. How many of you wants to be washed while you're sleeping? So be good for goodness sake. We're not good for goodness sake. We are good because he made us good. Christ made us good. The righteousness that we have is not ours. We didn't work for it. He just gave it to us as a gift. And guess what? We will live in it. But there are some who cannot live in the righteousness because they expect it to to appear somehow. There are some who cannot live in the presence of God because they feel that the presence of God has to look smoky. And that is why they spend all their time waiting and praying, oh God, bring down your presence. Send down your presence. He's not going to send it down because that's who you carry. You might look dirty, you might feel dirty, you might think dirty, but his presence still resides in you. And that is the definition of grace. Because it's not about what you do, it's about what he did. Are you still here? And that is why it's then important 
that when we approach him, we've got to work with him, not transactionally, but rather with your faith. Just believe. Okay, so let's go back there. What are we talking about again? The air scientist. Are you still here? All right. Chapter 4, Hebrews, verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Let us be careful that you don't miss out on it. Let us be careful that while you are there, you acknowledge and recognize that it's yours. Don't overthink it. Just take it. You know, I know some, some people, it, to them, it's, it's, it's a bit of a joke, you know, when you give them something really nice and, and they go, um, it's a lie. You know, that's just kind of expressing that they don't believe that you could have given it to them. But God is much more. And he can give you even things that you can't imagine. He can. Actually, he has given you. And the question is, are you mindful that you are living in the promise? The air scientist. Now, don't forget our scriptures that we've been reviewing for the last, you know, uh, three weeks now, going to three weeks. Galatians chapter 4, the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ from a slave, although he be lord of all, but is under tutor and guardians until the time appointed of the father. And what did you say that time is? The time when he is mature. He shows his maturity, and that maturity is evidenced by his character, by his attitude, by his response ability. You remember that? Okay. So here now, in chapter 4 of Hebrews, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands. It says, let us be careful, let us be mindful, that none of us or none of you be found to have fallen short of it. That you have not missed it. That you're not like Jacob who was waiting for God, but when it was when God left that he realized, Oh, God was here, and I didn't know it. Let us see him in everything that we do. Are we still here? All right. Glory to God. Verse number two. For we also, say that with me, for we also, we also, okay, how about personalize it instead of putting yourself in a crowd? I also, okay, so for I also have had the good news, the good tidings proclaimed to me just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them. Ah. 
Okay, let's finish that. He said, the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Let's look at King James Version for a moment. Can you put that up? The King James Version. Verse number two. Thank you. Say, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, was of no value to them, not being, say the next word, mixed with faith in them that heard it. He said, it became of no value because they did not mix the word that they heard with faith. Faith comes from you. God does not add faith to the word. He gives you the word. You bring faith and mix it. That's where you become the scientist. The one in the laboratory who mixes God's word with the faith that you bring. Why? Because the word of God mixed with faith creates the answer. It brings about the success. It brings about the joy. It brings about the peace. It brings about every good thing that you ever want. Why? Because in the word of God, it's all the success that you ever need. And what helps you to come into it is faith. So think for a moment. Think for a moment. Oh, what example can I use now? All right. Okay. Think for a moment. You have, what food is that that you've got to mix? Flour and water. You want to make bread. Okay. But bread is already there. But in its raw state, you have flour. And you have water. And you have egg. And then you have a bit of yeast. Um, and a bit of sugar for those who like sugar. It's all on your kitchen bench. But can you eat it like that? What have you got to do? You've got to mix it up. In the right amount. There are some who add salt to it. Would you just pour all the salt in it? Good luck with that. But you've got to find the right consistency and the exact quantity of stuff that you've got to add to it. But you've got all the ingredients. It does not make itself into bread. You've got to be the one that makes bread out of the ingredients. You see, the ingredients of success has already been given to you. Second Peter chapter 1, it's been given to you. The ingredients for joy is being given to you. The ingredients for every, need, every good thing that you need is being given to you. That's what the scriptures tells us. He said he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. He said in Second Peter, he said everything you ever need for life and godliness has been given to you. In his raw state, you've got to mix it into what you want. There are people who would not only just make bread with the flour and egg and water, they will make cake out of it. Are you still here? It's true. But then it's up to you what you want. It's the same ingredients. You add a bit more sugar, probably might become cake, and, and the amount of eggs that you add to it, and whatever it is, 
I'm not good at doing all, all those things. And butter. But the ingredients are there. And guess what? You need one more thing. You need the instruction of how to mix it. All right? There are some people who don't cook without, what do they call it? Recipe. Can I say to you, when it comes to the great things that God has bestowed upon you, don't cook without recipe. Because that's his, this is his recipe. Are, are you still here? This is his recipe. Everything you ever need. He said, he, he has blessed us. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's the raw ingredient. Oh, you call your kids and go, oh, you want bread. You want bread, right? We've got bread. And they're thinking, what, what are you talking about? Mom, we don't have bread. He said, we've got bread. Look at them. We've got flour. We've got egg. We've got this and that. And they're thinking, mommy's getting mad now. <laughs> said, but we've got bread. They can't believe you until you make it happen. And at some point, you do it for them. And you make it happen, right? Because they're still young. They only still take milk, right? You, you do it for them. You know, at times you pray and the Heavenly Father goes, okay, is that what you want? Okay, there you are. You have it. But at some point, God is going to go, well, you've been learning how to make bread. It's your opportunity now. It's your turn to make it while I watch you. And then at that point, you're thinking, well, God does not answer my prayers anymore. No, the ingredients are still there. The recipe is still there. Have you followed the recipe? Some of us are afraid to fail. It's okay. Because it's very difficult to fail. It's actually the most difficult thing to fail. It's easier to succeed than to fail. Ooh. Do you know why? All right. How many people in a class just go, I'm going to work so hard to fail? No one ever worked hard to fail. But some still fail. Some still fail. But when they fail, at times, some learn why they failed. Some realize why they failed. And there are those who get discouraged because they failed. If you fail, learn something. Don't just go, well, I failed, so God's word do doesn't work. It does work. It's just you that does not know how to make it work yet. You're learning. You're in your learning phase. So don't be afraid to fail. You see, as a child of God, you never fail. You say, but, but how about when things don't work? Actually, it doesn't mean you have failed. Failure is a world sense, is a world, it's the world's way of putting to something that you have been unsuccessful. Rather, failure is actually the process of success. It's a process. Now that you know, you don't know what to do. Now that you know that you can't just put a whole uh, can of salt into bread mixture. Because you're going to try it and go, oh, this is terrible. 
And next time, you know how much to put. Probably you get traumatized to the point where you don't even add any, any salt. And then you try it and go, oh, this still tastes a little bland. And then you keep trying. You see, there were those times when God used to do them for you. And you just pray, Lord, I just need a house. And it makes it available. So, Lord, I need a car. Lord, I, I just need them to call me for that job. And a time will come when they don't get delivered on your laps that way. And then at that time, you're thinking, am I still blessed? Does he still love me? No, actually, he loves you even more now. Because now he's trusting you. Now he's seeing that you're starting to grow. Now he's giving you responsibility, provided you don't lack ability to respond. I was still here. So you, you stand with it and go, okay, Lord, Lord, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to try it again. What does your word say? What does your word say about this? What, what, what has he said? And this is possibly what he has said, right? First John, chapter number 4. Or rather, chapter number 5. Mm. Verse number 14. I would love to take it from verse number 10. It's, it's good from 10. Actually, 9 is even good. All right. So let's look at verse 9. Are you still here? Okay. All right. Let me know when you start laughing at me. Okay. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater. I'm reading from the New International Version. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater. Or oh, you've got to respond, or we'll go home. Okay. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater. Praise God. His testimony is greater. What he says about you beats what people say about you. His testimony is greater. All right. Because it is the testimony of God. Duh. He already says God's testimony is greater. And then he said because it's the testimony of God. Because he just needs you to know that it hails from him. For his glory. Hallelujah. So his testimony is greater. Because it is the testimony of God which he has given about his son. Whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. Now, take note of the word this. Not the testimony, but this. All right? He said, whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. Because they have not believed the testimony God had given about his son. And this is the testimony. All right? That God has given us eternal life. Whether you believe it or not. It's because you already said God's testimony is greater. You see, and this is the testimony that God has given us. He is All right. Calm down now, please. Okay. 
do you see something here that I'm not, you know, do you see something here that I don't want to just jump over? Start, start from verse 9 again. All right. You say, verse 9, thank you. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given about who? About his son. Now, we think that's Jesus Christ, isn't it? Right? Are we still here? We think that's Jesus, right? Okay. So, pack that thought for a moment. Verse 10. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him up to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. The testimony God has given about his Son. Do you get that so far? So, we still think it's Jesus Christ. Check the next one. And this is the testimony. God has given us. Is he still talking about his son? Do, do you see that? Do you know why? Because we are accepted in the beloved. So when he sees Jesus, he sees you. So, so far he was talking about the testimony about his son. But all of a sudden, he opens your eyes to see that that testimony is the eternal life that you have been given. You see, and this is the testimony God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And he who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son has not life. All right? Are we still here now? Can you see that God gives testimony and his testimony is greater? So if the testimony that he's given concerning his son, which is you, he says that testimony is greater than whatever any other person thinks. They might look at you and diagnose you with whatever, but God's testimony about you is greater. God has given you eternal life, and that life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who has not the son does not have life. And it's as simple as that. That's the simplest arithmetic that I've ever heard. One plus one is two. You have the son, you have life. You don't have the son, you don't have life. Done. All right, next one. Next one, thank you. Verse 13 now, I believe. I write these things to you who believe. Ah, so he's talking to believers. He's talking to the heir who is a scientist. The heir who adds faith to the word that they hear. The heir who is not just only looking at the spiritual gifts as ingredients on the table, but the heir who is ready to take a step and mix these things together. Are we still here? He said, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So don't let anyone argue with you that you don't have eternal life. You say, I write it to you so that you may know. In other words, take it with you, carry it with you. The police stops to you, show them eternal life. Say, I've written it to you. You've got eternal life. You've got eternal life. You've got eternal life. God's testimony is greater. It's bigger than COVID-19. God's testimony is greater. It's greater. 
So things start to happen in your life. How about remember that ingredient that you need to add? God's testimony is greater. I've heard something about me, but God's testimony is greater. I have eternal life. Eternal life runs through my veins. Are you still here? You know, I heard about a sister tonight. You know, she had a heart racing, and she's been taken to the hospital. And at the very point I heard it, I said, eternal life runs through her veins. And she's coming out healthier in the name of Jesus. Coming out healthier. Because she believes in the name of the Son of God. It says, and whoever believes in the name of the Son of God has life. Hallelujah. He said, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. In other words, so that you may not forget that you have eternal life. But because it's one thing to know, it's another thing to keep it in mind. So continue to remind yourself, I've got eternal life. Things are happening in your body. You say, but I've got eternal life. I've got eternal life. Hallelujah. All right. Next one. This is the confidence. Woo! Glory to God. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. You know, New International Version calls it, you know, we have in approaching God. How about, let, let's try King James Version again. Verse 14. Thank you. See, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Not just in approaching him. Because he lives in us. Are you still here? He lives in us. So this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, anything according to his will, what does he do? Did he say he does it for us? He hears us. He hears us. Next one. And if we know that he hears us, right? Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So whatever we ask, we know that we have. When we ask, he hears us. Whatever we, ha we ask, we have. Are you still here? If we ask, he hears us. And whatever we ask, we have. Can you see how he wants you to make use of those ingredients on the table? You ask, I heard you. You have it. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, this is what it says. Don't open to it. This is what it says. It says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. What's impossible? Impossible. Not possible. It will never happen. So it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Another way to see it, without faith, it is impossible to get God's attention. You can't get his attention without faith. Do you know why you can't get his attention without faith? I tell you. Say, God is a spirit. And anyone that worships him must worship in truth. 
and a spirit. <clears throat> Which means that you can only connect to God by your faith. Mm. There are things that I want to say. Well, I think it's, it's premature at this stage. You know, when you get to heaven, the only person that you're going to see on the throne is Jesus. And probably some, some of you might be looking for, where's the God the Father now? It's Jesus. Do you know why? Because God is a spirit. And the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in Jesus. So if you want to see with your eyes, it's Jesus that you will see. But for you to connect with the Father, it's got to be by your faith. And that is why it says God is a spirit. And anyone who wants to deal with God has to come in spirit and through the word. So what God has spoken about himself in the word mixed with your faith, that's the only way you see God. He said no one has seen God at any time. But he that is born of the Father reveals him. He was talking about Jesus. Back to Hebrews chapter 4. Have I lost you? Okay. And that is why here at church, here in this house, You will not be in this house for, as in, if you were really here, for six months and not grow. You grow. Because what we do, what we do is to continue to expose you to God's word. We'll expose you to God's word, and God's word does something in you. It's just like exposing, exposing a seed to light. And every ability and energy that it ever requires to grow starts to, starts to form. We expose you to God's word. Do you know why? Because the only power that we have here at church is not in water. It's not in candles. It's not in incense. It's not in clay mixed with saliva. <laughs> right? It's not in olive oil. It's in God's word. It's in God's word. And anything that is not in God's word, we won't touch it. Do you know why? Because for us to grow and become what God has, has determined that we become, we've got to stick with his word. I was speaking with a brother earlier. He talked about stickability. The ability to stick. 
Stick with God's word. If you stick with God's word, you will always have testimonies. The last time, I believe I, I spoke about the unstable air. You remember the unstable air? Who is always moved about by every thought, every idea? Someone tells you, is this thing today? You go, oh, wow, okay, I'll follow that. Anything that makes sense to you is what you follow. But don't forget the word of God says that in the last days, there are those who will speak words that, that will blow your mind. But they are not of me. So, in other words, God's word is not irrational. God's word is in power. It's got the capacity to change your life. To change your life. When we prayed about, you know, Lord, you've asked us to do work. And that was, that was many years before, um, you know, the trans church was planted. Many years. You've, got, you've asked us to do the work. What do you want us to do? So you've got to depend on the word. Because it's, the on, it's only the word that can change you. You say, oh, wow, okay, how about transformation? Because it's only God's word that can transform you, can change you. And you, that's when you allow his word to change you. God's word can grow you, can mature you. It can. Healing is in his word. Life is in his word. But that doesn't come without your faith. Bring your faith to the table. Mix it with the word that you hear. And whatever you ever need is yours for the taking. Don't be unstable. Don't be carried away by every wind of doctrine. Don't feel like, oh, well, there is a, a big man of God speaking here today, so I'll go and check out the new word of God that, that is speaking. There might be a new revelation. It's okay, but be careful not to be carried away. And I always say of people who are ardent YouTube church members, you know what I mean. You know, any minister on YouTube is your pastor. It ought not to be that way. You could hear them. You could accept it. But be careful. I'll leave that there. What does the Bible say about a double-minded man? Verse 6, James chapter 1. It says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Do you see it again? In other words, when you ask, put your faith forward first. Don't doubt. God has called us into a place. Let's start to realize what is in the place. Do you know where you are sitting right now? Where you're sitting right now. It's not only in that just, you know, um, little square that you're sitting in. When you buy a piece of land, when you buy a piece of land, right? As far as you can dig and as far as you can see is meant to be yours. 
Although the government puts restrictions around that. But when God says, this land is yours, it means as much as you can dig downward and upward and the expense of it is yours. But for some of us, the only thing that we can claim is the only part that we can see. You dig a little bit, you get scared. You fly a little bit, you get scared. But it's yours for the taking. And that is why when you hear God's word, don't just sit on the lateral part of God's word. Dig for gold. Dig for gold. You hear God's word say, what does this mean? So, and what does this mean? Do you know there are people, people who can live on that Hebrews, uh, not Hebrews, 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. They just live on it. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Done, done. And guess what? They mix their faith with that scripture and things just start happening in their life. Things just happen. And then you are thinking, what, what, how come you're always joyful? How come you're always happy? Haven't you seen some children at times, you go to their parents and say, what, what are you feeding him? His energy is too much. He doesn't grow like every other children. You know, he's just grown above other children. What are you feeding him? And at times, you know you can be like that in your spirit. You can be like that in your faith. That you continue to dig for gold. Dig for gold. Don't settle for bronze. Yeah, bronze is an award, but don't settle for it. You may have an, a bronze today, does not mean that's the best you can have. Dig for gold. Dig for gold. Because in God's word, it encompasses everything you ever need for life and godliness. Everything. Say, so, Lord, I thank you for your word. Anything that I ask that is in your will, in accordance in, with your will. You hear me, and if you hear me, it means that I have received it. I'll dig for gold today. I'm that heir who is always watching out for your word to perform it. I'm that heir who is always looking out for miracles. Now, you're not looking out where is the miracle happening. No, you are looking out for the miracle that happens in your life. We are not the people... Mm. We are not the people, ha, huh? we are not the people who will continue to read the news. That's not what we've been called into. We are those who make the news. Hallelujah. We've got to make the news that others read. You've got to make the news. Not by doing the wrong thing. But through the amazing things that God is doing in your life, we've got to make the news. We've got to give reporters work to do. They are chasing you around. They are chasing you around just to get a glimpse of what God is doing in your life. Why? Because every time you are digging for gold with the word of God that you've received. What was our mission? You remember our mission? To discover, develop, and empower. Isn't it? Discover, develop, and empower people. But you see, every individual who localizes that mission can do one thing in their life. To discover, to develop, 
and empower. Don't just do it, you know, don't just be okay by, oh, well, I'm developed and I'm empowered and it rests with you. No. It does not need to rest with you. It needs to keep going. Discover, develop, empower. In the name of Jesus. Finally, let's come to it again. Verse number 2, Hebrews chapter 4. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them. Have you ever had, had a pound sterling? It's, in terms of the traditional currency, is the highest currency in the world. In terms of traditional currency, we're not talking about Bitcoin now. Okay, Bitcoin, I hear one Bitcoin is about $14,000. Much more than that, okay? Go to him if you want some. All right. <laughs> All right. But the traditional currency, the pound sterling, is of the highest value today. Actually, if I remember correctly, it's still about two and a half to one dollar. Two and a half to one Australian dollar. Okay, that's not where we're going. But do you know you might, you might, you, you could have a whole pack, a whole box of pounds in your room and it's of no value to you. To be of no value because you can't use it in the Australian market. You could go to the shops and, and say, I want to buy whatever. And after shopping, then you give them pounds. I'm pretty sure nobody is allowed to take it from you. In as much as it's a legal tender, but not in the Australian market. Unless otherwise you take it to the bank and legally change it. Are we still here? And anyone who will accept it from you at the shops, that's what we call black market, isn't it? And why do they call it black market? Okay, you answer that. All right. Because it's not the right way to do things. Okay? So it can be of no value to you regardless of how much you have of it. But when you know how to use it, that's when you put value on it. When you know where to take it to, that's when it starts to take on value. And that is why the scripture is saying, it said, they heard. It said, some of them heard. But the word that they received, although it's of the highest value, was of no value to them because they did not mix it with faith. They did not mix it with faith. So something that not even the angels receive. Do you know the, the scripture tells us that the angels are in awe of what we have become as God's children? They are in awe. They, they look and go, wow, wow. They are in awe. And God gives you his word. And all he wants from you is to respond to it with your faith. 
so that you can bring about the real value of that word that you've heard. Because in that word is faith, in that word is healing, in, in that word is life, in that word is prosperity, in that word is everything that you ever need, everything you ever need, everything you ever need is in the word that you receive. Add faith to it, brethren. Add faith to it. Add faith to it. Let it work in your world. Add faith to it. Don't keep it. Don't hide it. Add faith to it. You see, a time will come where, mm, this is going to be a bit weird, but a time will come where the word that you have received will expire. So, but God's word never expires. You can't use it in heaven. Right? There's the word that is meant for here. Use it here. You know, some of us, you're traveling overseas, you go and exchange your currency into that particular uh, nation's currency. And the, the idea is to be able to use that over there. Right? And then you get there, you couldn't finish using the amount of money that you changed. What would you do? Would you bring it back with you? At times, that's why, that's why where you see some people then start to buy bigger bags just to buy stuff because they have extra money to spend, right? All those things that they thought, ah, yeah, probably Marcos might like this and throw it in the bag, whatever. Okay. Because you know when you cross the border back, that money is useless until you go back. Now that you're on earth, God has given you his word. Add faith to it. Use it. Make it usable. God used to do it for you. Mm. He will no longer do it for you. Because where we have stepped into, it is ours for the taking. He's already given. It is now for us to take. Are you still here? So, Lord, give me some money. Lord, provide money. God says, huh, you already have it. You are sitting on it. What does the word say about it? When they asked Jesus, Jesus, where do we get food to, to feed these 4,000 people or 5,000 people? Actually, not just people, men. Not with women and children, unfortunately. And Jesus said, what have you got? Because Jesus knew it's in the house. What have you got? And the disciples said, we've got nothing. There's nothing. And Jesus said, well, you've got something. He said, sit them down and give them something to eat. You know, at times, you wonder the person that you're serving or you're working with, your boss, you're wondering, he doesn't even know me. Yeah. You know, at times, you might ask someone to do something, you say, me? You show me? In other words, you are seeing yourself as being incapable. But the person that is asking you to do it knows that you have every capacity to do it. And you're going, me? Did you ask me? 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 Yeah, you. You have the capacity to. So do it. Get up. Do it. Peter said, if it's you, ask me to come. Ask me to come. He didn't say, if it's you, build a bridge. 
Do you understand that? Peter didn't say, Lord, if it's you, throw me a, a, a live ball. Or throw me a rope. He said, if it's you, I'll take the risk. That's what he did. He saw him. He looked like Jesus. He walked like Jesus. But I'm still not sure if it's Jesus. Because we are scared at the moment it looks like a ghost. But I can hear your voice. I've heard that voice before. It was the voice that called me. It was the voice that I followed. If it's you, just say it. And Jesus said, come. He didn't think about what the other disciples were thinking. Oh, Peter, Peter. Probably some of them are going, Peter, Peter. Seriously, Peter. Peter. Probably they did that. And some may probably already be ringing his wife and go, Peter is done. But Peter just went. If it's, if it's you, ask me, come. And Jesus said, come. He didn't think twice. He didn't go, oh, let me take my pause. He didn't go, let me take off my sandals. He just stepped and walked on water. Why? Because his word builds the bridge that you ever need. If only you mix it with faith. If it's you, God. I don't know if I need to do this thing, but if it's you, God, ask me to come. Speak to me today. You know, some of you may have come tonight thinking, uh, Lord, I'm not quite sure the next step, but you will speak to me today. So if it's you, ask me to come. It's not the money that I need in my pocket. I need the word in my spirit. I need the word in my spirit because that word in my spirit is much more than I can ever ask. In terms of currency. When I have the word in my spirit and mix it with faith, it produces results. So if it's you, Lord, ask me to come. I'm ready as a scientist to test out your word. I'm ready. I'm ready to test it out. I'm ready to put it to work. I'm ready to, 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 to do whatever it takes to make sure that your word works. Thomas Edison who made the light bulb. He tried many times, but he knew there was something in this thing. He didn't give up. He tried a hundred times. But he did not give up. He kept going. He did it again. He did it again. How many people would try something a hundred times? You try the first time, second time, third time, you go, okay, damn, it's not working. But he knew there was something in this. Do you know how many times God sent saviors to the world? There were times where he got frustrated. God got frustrated, right? He thought, these people, they're so stubborn. Let me just wipe them off and start all over again. But he kept trying, kept trying until he says, you know what? I'll send Jesus. I'll walk with them. I'll walk with them by myself. I'll go myself. No need to send anyone. I will go myself. He came as Emmanuel, God with us. He walked with us. He understood how we thought. He understood how we walked. He understood at times why we are faithless. He understood why we are doing the wrong thing thinking we are doing the right thing. He understood why. He understood why. And that was why at the, at the very point where he got to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. Because now I know why they think the, the way they think. 
they have no clue what they are doing. Because what they are doing right now, they, they actually think they are doing your work. They have no clue. And at that very moment, he got rid of the first covenant to establish a new one. See, anyone who looks up to the sun has eternal life. Anyone. So just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. That anyone who looked up to the serpent was healed. So, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. That anyone who looks up to him will be saved. And now that you're here, saved child of God, it's time to put your faith to work. Don't let few run out of your faith. You know, put your faith to work. Don't get to a point and feel like, you know what, I don't know, I've been doing this for a long time. Keep going. Keep going. You are closer now than it ever was. Keep going. Don't stop now. You probably might be thinking, but I've tried. But Lord, I've tried. And you might cry. It's okay to cry. Let, your, let out your emotion. Cry if you need to. But don't let your cry ruin your faith. If you need to cry, that's fine. And at times you get to a point where you, you are frustrated. It's okay. It's an emotion. God bless you with it. But don't let it take over your faith. And after all of that, after all the crying and cursing, come back like Peter. Jesus said, Peter, the devil has sought to ruin you, to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. That when you are repented, strengthen your brethren. And you come out of that. Because there's a whole lot of brethren ahead of you that you've got to strengthen with your testimony. Are you still here? So what, what you, whatever you are going through now, keep on. Keep on at it. Keep on at it. God loves you. He sees you. He's provided for you. You've got to kickstart your faith. Let your faith be what brings it about. Why? Because there's so much brethren waiting for you. So much. So much. So much. So, hey, who for the joy that was set before him did what? Endured the cross. He didn't look at his particular position right now thinking, oh God, oh, all right, take this cup from me. Even before God answered, he said, not my will. You see, you might get to a point where you feel like, God, I'm tired. I I'm really tired. But don't allow it to last more than a minute. Quickly go, not my will. Not my will. Not my will. Yours be done. My faith is in you, God. I'm not going back. I'm staying here. Do you know why? Because I can see the thousands of people that will hear my testimony and be changed. I can see so many people you've lined up in my path. I can see my lineage right ahead of me. I'm not going to lose now. I know so many people who are coming through me to know you, to understand the essence of your life through my story. So I am giving up today. I am giving up. Not now. I'm not sure who I'm talking to. But no, don't give up now. Don't give up now. There's so many, 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 many people out there you're, you're going to minister to through your life. Don't give up now. You are the only Jesus that they will ever know. Don't give up now. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Don't give up now. 
Don't give up. No, no, no. I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying endure your tribulation. I'm saying mix your faith with God's word. Mix it with God's word. Because all the suffering that you, you should have gone through, Jesus already did. He already did. There are those who decided, made the decision to suffer in the name of God. That was their choice. Are you still here? That was their choice. But that does not negate the fact that God, God already provided for you everything you will ever need for life and godliness. Guess what he told Paul, and some people misunderstand that scripture. He said, many times I've asked God to take away this, you know, this particular, um, you know, ailment or whatever it is from me. He said, but, but he has said, my, my faith is sufficient, or, or rather my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. It's abundantly supplied. It's sufficient for you. In other words, if you look at the expanse of my faith, if you look at the depth, height, width, and breadth of my grace, of my grace, you realize that you really don't need anything else. Because the only thing you are seeing right now is the, is the thing, the thorn in your flesh. That's all you're looking at. But if you take your eyes away and look at my grace you will no longer see the impact of the thorn. You would rather see the elaborate expense of my grace. And when it says grace, it did not mean endurance. When it says grace, it means unmerited favor. So in other words, you step into the pleasantness where you never thought your name would have been called, but your name became number one. Do you understand that just because of you, laws are changed to favor not only you now, but so many others who come after you. My grace is sufficient for you. There, there is a grace that he has lavished you with. If only you will mix it with your faith and let it produce for you what he spoke about in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can we stand on our feet? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, there's so much faith in this house tonight. And can I, can I ask you to take advantage of that very faith right now? The Bible said about Paul when he was speaking, he perceived that the, the, you know, the man who was sick had the faith to be healed. He said he didn't pray for him, just said to him, stand up, take up your bed and walk. And the guy did. You've got faith to step into the next level now. All right? In the new level, there are levels. All right? So you've got faith right now. And at times, this is the very moment you go, you know, enough is enough with how I've been feeling. Enough is enough with where I have been. Now I move. You've got the faith. He has made everything available to you. Don't let God's word that you've received tonight be of no value. The only way to put value on it is to act on your faith. And at this very moment, can I ask you to speak those words of power over your life. Say, Lord, I've come into your word. I've been exposed to your word and let your word do what it does. 
The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, it says, wherever this water shall flow, anything that it touches shall be healed. So now that I've received your word, I've received the water of your word. It will heal my aching spirit. It will heal my aching pocket. It will heal my aching health. It will heal anything that aches in my life. It could be my relationship is bringing healing to it. It could be my fear is bringing healing to it. It could be the way I perceive people is changing my attitude, is changing my character, is getting rid of my bad habits. I'm stepping into grace, full grace. I may not deserve it. But I receive it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your word is working mightily in us. Mightily. 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 As it was said of the apostles, so it shall be said about this house. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed in the name of Jesus. Your word will continue to grow and prevail in our lives, in our individual lives, in our lives as a collective, in this community, in this city, in this state, in this nation, in the name of Jesus. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 There's a shout of victory bubbling up in you. A shout of victory bubbling up in you. A shout of victory. A shout of victory. A shout of victory. A shout of victory. It's bubbling up. 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 You know, there's that, there's that person. You, you've asked for the same thing over and over, and you kept being refused. Say, so it's the end of it. So you will, go, you will go again exactly the same way you've always done it. Do exactly the same thing. Say, so, but this time, the result is going to be different. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. Mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. Is, there, there is a lady 
whether that person is in this room right now or watching online, I'm not sure. But there's a lady who says, the Holy Spirit is saying, I have led you. And you've allowed me to lead you. Say, it's no longer time to doubt my leading. See, every time I have led you, you've seen results. Say, but when you still look around you, you see the things that you want to see. Say, but if only you allow me to keep leading you. Say, I will lead you in the path that I've already created for you. Say, I, I will continue to lead you. He said, I will not give up on you. He said, many times you have made decisions that is not in, a, in accordance with my will. But I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you. So, so I will continue to lead you. All you've got to do is to trust me. Trust me. And, and there's another person. So you've been thinking, you've made a decision, and you made a wrong decision. You say, but no, that decision you made, you made it in the place of prayer. You say, I will make sure you do not fail. My spirit spoke to you while you were praying, and I led you into the place where you now are. So you will grow here. You will become what you have determined to become here. So don't change now. Don't doubt now. Because your destiny is tied to your growth in accordance with my purpose that I've established in this house. So say, so don't doubt now. Say, so through you, many will come. Many will come. Say, so I've planted you. Don't look beyond the fence and think the grass is, is greener on the other side. So because your rain is about to fall. See, and when that rain falls, your growth cannot be stopped. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, I've put my anointing upon this house. The anointing to heal. Anointing to heal. It says something has been broken. Something has been broken. You say, I see, I see your heart. I see how much you love me. I see how much you want to do my will. You say, it's now time you allow me to function in my church. So all you've got to do is to trust me. So many will be healed in this place. See, so as, they, as, they as they come into the environment, they might not even have to be prayed for. So the anointing in the environment will bring about healing for them. See, so all you've got to do is to believe to see it and expect it all the time. Because the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. So expect miracles. Expect wonders. 
So that's the only way the city of Penrith will hear you. So they've seen, they've, they, they, they've seen amazing things. They've seen many churches. He said, it's not about a church. It's about the power of God. So, so I have invested in you an attention-grabbing miracle that will cause people to look your way and then hear my words. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you've started doing, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 In Jesus' name. The message you've heard was produced by The Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com or on Facebook, The Trans Edge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable.